Welcome back, everyone, to another rendition of the Mike and Doug podcast, where we have to 106 here, Doug. Yep. Yep, we, we made our way from, we've continued our Florida tour. <laughs> yeah. We, we went from St. Petersburg on the boat to Tampa, to the University to, of Tampa. Yeah, back to the boat, <laughs> then through to Tampa. Again, because I forgot yep. my golf shoes. Yep. And, <laughs> and now did. we made it to Orlando, visiting yep. our good friend. We went past Disney World. <laughs> yep, Disney World, yeah. Yep. Bucket list, check. <laughs> Been close to it, that's it. I don't want to go, but yeah, okay. close enough. <laughs> And now we are here. Please welcome a very special guest, good friend of the podcast, professional yep. golfer Michael Backer. Thanks, boys. Um, appreciate you guys coming up all the way to Orlando. I know it was a very treacherous drive through Orlando traffic. Interstate 4 is yeah. tough. It's something I despise doing. <laughs> I never go anywhere near Orlando. It was so. stop, go, stop, go, <laughs> clear for like 10 minutes, stop. We saw probably about four accidents. Oh, yeah, you might go a mile and take you 25 30 minutes it's crazy bad accidents like yeah. the cars were were messed up well people in orlando drive like just crazy raging yeah, raging crazy. maniacs yeah but anyways uh what we're trying to get is mike backer played college golf with us yep. for a year he was a senior while i was a junior mike was a freshman yep. And then he turned pro, so we're just going to go through his journey from junior golf playing in South Africa to playing professionally now in Florida, so you can take it back yeah, to when you were a junior. Yeah, take us back to when you're back, I guess, South Africa, and then how you came here. Yep. Yeah, so um, I started golf when I was probably about three or four. Um, my dad was a pro golfer, Sunshine Tour, Challenge Tour, back in the day, and um, he was just always trying to rub off those golf vibes on me and we were having a good time and you know I was young so I was doing everything trying to you know trying to play every sport that I could and just you know I finally chose golf when mm-hmm. I was about 15 I was playing soccer otherwise quite competitively and it just golf seemed like the most sensible move at the time yeah you know yeah, I've always wanted to sure. come to always wanted to come to US you know I've always wanted to go to college play golf live that dream you know, land of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like a lot of, I guess, junior golfers out there played a sport previously or mm-hmm. had to pick between one or the other. So It's it's very common. I mm-hmm. mean, you always, you know, you'll get these phenoms that only just do one sport for the rest of their life. But I think it's important, you know, for youngsters to be playing other sports, whether it be American football, you yeah. know, soccer. For sure. You know, every other thing, whether they swim or play tennis or golf. Just being able to do multiple sports is... It's important. You get you get the sense yeah. of you know hand eye coordination, and you get a sense of competitiveness. You know, golf is a little different to every one of them. Mm-hmm. So, when did you start playing golf? Competitively or just randomly? Just randomly. When did you pick it up? Yeah, I mean, as as early as I could walk. Yeah, I mean, nice. two three years old. I had a club in my hand, and I was just whacking the ball around. And like you said, when you're that young, it's just you know, there's no. There's no real objective. Mm-hmm. It's just see if you can hit it and go yeah, find pretty it again. Much. That's it. That's that's what happened when I was young. Is just see if you just make contact, and that's how we started. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, like I said, we were up playing multiple sports: mm-hmm. rugby, cricket, soccer, tennis, swimming. You know, I ran track. I, I did pretty much everything until I was about thirteen or fourteen, and finally went to high school. Yeah. And sure. then you kind of have to make that decision you know what path you want to go to left or right you Mm -hmm. know and it was always between soccer and golf you know my dad was a pro he still is he's been teaching he's been my only teacher for the my whole life so it's just 
what I decided I wanted to do. So mm-hmm. finished off my 11th grade year in, in South Africa and then moved over here, took eight months off and then did my senior year of high school in Florida down at West Orange. And then, um, yeah, the rest is history. And I went to college at a small D2 school in Atlanta and just loved it, man. It was college golf, you know, at its finest. And then played yeah. two years there and then transferred to ODU and met you fine little gentleman. <laughs> yeah, so, that's where we met. Yeah, Mike. Mike. Mike was very integral in my development as a young student athlete. Yeah, I mean, he, he helped all of us with golf and non-golf related stuff. He was... We just, I that guess was we looked Godfather. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we looked up to him. He was a yeah. senior. And we you're, were like, "Your mom now." Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm dad now, and I had to I had to take the reins. Yeah, and so how was uh, your college experience? Then? Yeah, it was always fun, as you said. Like college is always it's it's college. You know, you get to be places that you, you know, not just golf wise, but you get to meet people that you never thought in your mm-hmm. life that you would meet. Yeah. You spend enough time with people from other countries, you start to learn other things. You you know, you guys know, like my senior year, we had a very, very big diversity in the team. Yeah, Doug, yeah. you were from Australia. Mm-hmm. You know, we had Calvin from England. We had guys from Sweden. We had guys from, yeah. you know, Spain, Germany, like, um, everywhere. Yeah, Carter's from right 10 minutes away yeah. from, from school. So yeah. we had we had everything. Yeah, I guess, I guess you don't realize how much you learn from others and other cultures and how... And then we ended up, like, living together in this house and learning there... I don't know, living with them day to day, you learn more stuff than you would have thought. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess real quick, uh, kind of backtrack a little. How, how long was your dad here before you came over? My dad moved, so I was born in 95. My dad moved to the States in uh, 2000. Okay. So yeah, I was five years old. He moved over. Um, he was a teaching pro up in New York. And um, oh, wow. he kind of, yeah, I mean, I know you, you're from up that area. He was yeah. at... Um, Sugar Mill, Sugar Loaf, something uh, yeah, up there in, in Kent. In, in Kent in, oh, yeah, in Kent. Uh, okay, so more. Uh, it was cold. That's all I remember. Upstate, probably yeah. more toward New York City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah. I used to come and visit him all the time when when he was over here. I was living with my mom back in South Africa, and you know, I'd come visit him every couple of years, and you know, sure. just take as much as I can from him. So yeah, he moved over here while I was quite young, and I've always had that golf in my mind. Yeah. And so would you say ever, you know, since you started taking it seriously at 15, 16, you wanted to play professional? Yeah, I think I think I made that decision when I was like six or seven. It was it <laughs> oh, was really? that early. Yeah, it was it was either. So I had I had a really big soccer mind at the time. Yeah. I always wanted to to move right. to England and I was mm-hmm. going to move to to England and continue my soccer career. And then had a small niggly injury that kind of put me out for a while and you just kind of lose that touch and the yeah. momentum a little bit. And so when I was about 15, I said, I called my dad and he said, listen, I want to come to the States. I want to play college golf and, and how can I do it? He said, well, you know, as a junior golfer, you kind of wanted to be here a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and, you know, to all the juniors out there, I kind of wish I'd moved a little bit earlier. Yeah. So being... 16 just turned 17 i was probably i would say at least two or three years behind you know those players that that went yeah. on to make it mm-hmm. you know, right. big you know i wish i had learned it a little bit earlier and um made the decision to come here earlier but you know when you're that young you can't really 
no, you can't no. really make the decision. But looking back on it, I think if I can if I can give one thing, it was you know if you make a decision when you're young, put all your eggs in that basket and just go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. So yeah, so then you you played in at school in West Atlanta for a year, one year. Yeah, um, South Atlanta at a okay. small school called Clayton State. I don't gotcha. think we had more than. 3,000 people that went to that school at all times. You know, we had mm-hmm. a small team, five, six guys. Um, so I had ended up having to redshirt my first year. So I was there for two years, but I only played for one year. I had transcript stuff that was not going through yeah. from South Africa. And Doug, you know how it is. Yeah, coming over to the crazy. States. It's, there's a lot of paperwork. You know, courses that I did in South Africa didn't quite count. Yeah. In right. America, mm-hmm. you get grades. So you get a C in South Africa and it, it's it's kind of like almost a B plus here. Yeah. But the, just the system's a little bit different. So I, I got pretty, I would say bad grades in high school, but just yeah. not good enough to maybe play my first year, which is a big learning curve. I had a great summer just before college and yeah. um, I was looking forward to playing and then found out probably two weeks before I graduated high school that I had to redshirt. Oh, wow. So yeah. it took all those big schools out that I was, you know, and I got to a really good place in junior golf school board and I was mm-hmm. looking at some decent schools, and then obviously, big schools don't want you if they're gonna. Yeah, you're not gonna play if the you're first gonna year. Sit, if yeah. you're gonna sit on your butt and do nothing for a year, it's kind of. Yeah. You know, why would he want you? Right, that's yeah. understandable. Because there are just so there are a ton of of kids that oh. are out there that can compete like mm-hmm. above average in golf and, and above average in academic. I mean, there's you know, there's about eight thousand five hundred to nine thousand kids in this country, that are ranked. Yeah. And yeah, trying to go to college, yeah. yeah. So whether you're number one or eight thousand, you're in that category of of junior golfers trying to go to college. Yeah, and each school only takes in maybe two or three per year, and that's that's not even including you know freshmen. Like that's yeah, that's yeah, that's junior seniors, junior seniors, um, gap year. So it's it's tough for sure. Yeah, it is tough when I guess when you say that that they only take two kids a year so you're competing with the senior class who knows how many they're in there it's really only maybe one or two yeah if you're talking about seniors from high school i mean there's only like so let's say there's eight thousand nine thousand kids that are looking to go to college there's only probably about 1500 golf programs in this country yeah so it's 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 a big drop off i mean you're probably coming up to less than 10 percent of every year go to college that's crazy, you know, and that's yeah. it's it's silly. It's kind of silly to think yeah. where you're getting some of these guys that have started late, maybe like I did, or maybe later than I did, and they don't even have that chance. Yeah, and that's crazy. And as we said, like take one or two, then you transferred and you got like the, that one or two spot at mm-hmm. ODU. And how was that? How was that experience transferring? And yeah, so as I said, I had a good, you know, I registered my first year, but I was playing great. Mm-hmm. You know, I was still qualifying with the team as if I was playing, but I was never actually traveling. Yeah. Um, but I was always one spotting, two spotting, three spotting, but couldn't travel. So my coach got kind of irritated after a while. He's like, why can't you play? Yeah. I said, I don't know. You tell me. You, know, <laughs> you tell me with the, the US system kind of got that one a little bit mixed up. And But anyway, so I played my second year, which was my freshman year, and mm-hmm. um, played great. You know, I nearly won a couple of tournaments. I never won anything in college. Mm-hmm. I was always just on the door. Like knocking yeah. on the door, but never actually. And that's one of the hardest parts about college is that you keep knocking on that door. You know, there's kids that just absolutely tear it up and they're just winning everything. You know, junior, yeah, college. I, I know one golfer right now and he might be listening that he's the best golfer I've seen and he hasn't won a tournament. Yeah, and that's yeah. how hard our 
that's how hard our golf you know that's how hard yeah, our sport just, is it's it's hard and well, I mean, winning in golf is is not it's yeah. it's unlike any other sport because you're not playing directly against someone else mm-hmm. so your result is totally independent of the other person because they could be in a different group you're, you're all playing the course so you could play your best you'd never be upset with shooting seven or eight under yeah but if someone else may not got, be good enough right someone else could shoot yeah. nine under and you don't win and it's like well you didn't yeah. win technically but what can you do yeah you can career it and have just your unbelievable best low round of the day yeah. and then there's some just had a little bit better there's some yeah. kid that that you had no idea was even anywhere near you right and um yeah i mean that's the beauty about college though i mean you just never know it's not as you said mike it's like it's not like any other sport right. it's not like let's say a running back's having a bad day he's not carrying it well and you know he's he's getting stopped on everything yeah but the quarterback may be a stud and, you, and the quarterback, can, the quarterback can throw, yeah, and yeah. there's wide receivers catching it from everywhere. Right. But then all you need is one running back to have that 50, 60 yard run, yeah, and that exactly. just brings all that confidence back. Sure. And that's the same as college, but you're not playing. Yeah. yeah, we're traveling as a team, and you know, let's say the three of us and maybe two other guys at our college work, we're traveling every single week. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have three weeks, Doug, that you just can't put the ball where it needs to go. God. That was like yeah, the three was, months. <laughs> Jeez, the that was me weeks. for maybe two years. Yeah, and um, you just get on that. You get on that stretch where you just cannot put the ball where it needs to be. Yeah, and we talked about this in our last podcast. How like you can practice your butt off and then still play bad, and then some other kids not practicing and he plays good, and you're just wondering how, like, why? But that's just yeah. golf, and that's how it is. And and it I, always gets worse before it gets better as well. Yes, oh, and, and that is why we love the game and play the game because you you can always be better. Oh, I'm starting to lose hair because of this game. <laughs> so yeah, and it's it only takes that. Like I said, it only takes that one week, maybe, just to push you over the edge, and then you get some yeah. some confidence out of. And there's a lot of times you're in tournaments, like someone could say something, and that would just ruin your tournament, or just something would happen, like just one bad hole can ruin your whole tournament if you're not careful, like mentally strong, or have been in a situation like that. Oh um, yeah, I mean the mental side of the game is just it's. I think it's. Yeah. I think golf is probably 100% of the game is 90% mental. Yeah. Yeah. And the only, I think the only way to get better is to put yourself in those situations and gain that experience. I mean, I think that's the only way you can learn and improve. Well, it's funny because it's, it's always so mental. I know I said this last night, but it's just like fascinates me talking to, when we talk to Liam and Jake. Yeah. But, and you can tell me because you're a professional, so you can, I want, I want to get your opinion on this. Yep. It's so mental, but whenever I am playing, whenever I've played well, I don't have any thoughts. So it's so mental, but it's almost like... Non-mental. It's yeah. not mental in your, a way. Your brain will shut off when everything's going well. Right. You know, so you'll, you'll go through a period of time where you just... Isn't that ironic? Like, it's yeah. so mental, but... You're just dogging it around the golf course for three or four weeks, and you can't, you can't get anything going, and then it just takes that one... Like you said, maybe that one thing that someone says to you that either rattles you or mm-hmm. motivates you... Yeah, and that's why it's such a mental game because you can take one thing and just make it positive, and that'll just push you over the edge where you just go, you know what, I'm done doing this 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 nonsense for for four weeks, and you just yeah. turn one week into spectacular. Now you may not win, like you said, you may have right. one kid that goes and beats you by three or four when you have a career round, sure. but that just takes one little week to get your body into it and your mental state into a where you yeah. need to be, True. and you can ride that wave for as long as you want. 
100%. But you could lose it just to get just as quick as you can get it. Yeah. Right? You know, and with all, golf. Yeah. And all of this is without changing your swing. Oh, yeah. It stays the same. <laughs> you can't you change play, your swing. You play better golf mentally. Like, it just, I don't know. Yeah, it yeah. takes it takes months and months to make a change like physically in sure. golf, but it takes five minutes to make that mental switch. That's true. Yeah, so, and it could most times happens from the, like the putting green to the next tee during that like walk <laughs> where you're contemplating stuff. And you're like, why am I playing golf? That's contemplating like, a life is what <laughs> you're doing. Yeah. No, no, we talked we talked about that. It's so yeah, like. And then now, like that was during college. So how does that uh, translate into professional golf? That is that a different mindset you have to carry now? Well, like Mike said, it's the golf course is the golf course. You know, whether you're yeah. a pro, whether you're an amateur, whether you're a junior, it, it doesn't. The golf course doesn't change. Yeah, golf, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe the maybe sense. the conditions. Yeah. You know, the conditions might be raining or windier one day, and the golf course might play a little tougher. But I think, yes, there is a difference. There's a massive difference between pro and college, mm-hmm. and then college and and junior yeah um but ultimately i think if you just go into it the same mindset as a positive mindset and you just go in trying to make you know the best outcome of whatever you're doing whether you're hitting it badly or well yeah i think whether you just manage manage the golf course and manage your brain and your physical attributes as as good as you can i think that just it'll change right yeah and then uh let's just say what's one lesson you've taken from college golf to professional golf right now it's so professional golf is so more so sorry bad word there so much more <laughs> reliant on on yourself yeah so you know in college you've got five other people or four other people including yourself that you've got to go with every single week yeah i think yeah carter shines some light on this too but yeah, yeah so you you, pl- you you play as a team and you're always trying to do well as a team but it's not it's not like a, a basketball or a tennis where you play for the team and then you can win a conference championship and not really do anything. You know, mm-hmm. you might lose right. in tennis, you might lose every single week, but the team picks you up and you might win. Yeah. I think in golf it's it's much the same, but it's so different because you get you get you can't get reliant on what other people are doing. Yeah. You know, yes they're playing the same golf course, but we don't all have the same game. Mm-hmm. And I think in pro golf and I've only done it for I mean, I've been a pro for three years now, but I think just with everything that's gone on and with me and, and COVID, and I've only probably been doing it for a year and a half, Yeah. you know, trying to chase it. Um, and I think the most important thing is that you're so reliant on yourself now. You don't travel with anybody. You don't have people around you at all times. You don't travel to these fantastic cities with four or five other people plus the coaches. Mm-hmm. You don't have anything paid for, which yeah. is a... That's Which a is a blessing one. now yeah. that I look back at college where we get to travel to Palm yeah, Springs. I don't think, I don't think people <laughs> realize and take, they just take for granted. And then I look back on it now, I'm like, wow, I played all these amazing golf courses, traveled all these places, and I didn't have to pay any of it. None of it. Yeah, you got to worry about your own food now. I mean, the oh. food was all covered before. Never eaten so much fast food as a professional golfer. Yeah. Lived up my car with a hanger in the back seat, and that's, yeah. that's kind of what you do. You know, you don't have a permanent base. Mm-hmm. You know, you're always trying to chase another tournament. And like you said, but it's all just all in the process. You go through being a professional golfer every week is a different week. You know, you have your own money. You're yeah. playing for your yourself, whether you don't have anybody helping you. You yeah. know, some people have the, you know, the privilege of having people backing them all the time. 
and yeah. you don't have the same team as you did in college now you might have a you might have a mental coach mm-hmm. you might have a physical trainer you might have a, a swing coach but ultimately none of those people can really play golf for you no, so there no. isn't that much of a jump from college to to professional golf but the, it, it takes a lot of mental strength to realize that you're on your own now yeah. I mean you're done you may you have a bad week you deal with it yourself yeah right. you don't have five or six other guys going you know what Mike I know you had a bad week but you know so did I yeah you know, we were in this together right you know, yeah. we'll come back stronger no it's you know I've just spent you know a thousand five hundred dollars on a tournament and I've traveled and I haven't made a check but it's all in the process you know as in, I've I can't stress it enough you just cannot rush pro golf you know you can be a pro for as long as you want you the minute you turn pro you're a pro yeah i mean you can turn pro in two seconds yeah you just check the box you just check a box and you give a ta- you give a tax return and you say this is now i'm a pro <laughs> and um you just go with it and yeah then have you have you experienced like other pros that you've played with do they ever think about the money oh 100 yeah, percent. yeah i mean because there's there is not a time that you can't yeah, because you know, I know during college you don't ever think about no, that because you can't make money. But then as soon as you turn pro, now you got to think about all this money, how much you're spending, how much is, uh, how much you could win, and all that I've stuff. Never and used that. Excel this much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had to keep expense reports and, and that's, stuff. Carter said that as well. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you just and, don't you don't realize how much it takes to keep all these records and go. Yeah. Well, I spent this X here and I, I won this, but I got to you know take away expenses now and I got to. Yeah pay for gas and food and hotels and whatever it takes why you play these pro events did you ever think about the money at times i think it's hard not to yeah you kind of have to think about it but i think once once a pro golfer understands that you just can't chase the money anymore yeah you got to just and i remember carter saying this you Mm -hmm. know he he has the same mentality you know he's been doing it for six eight months now yeah and he knows it already you can't go, okay, I've got to pay $1,000 for this tournament. I'm paying $50 in gas, so that's 1050 Plus, I've got to stay in a hotel for three nights. It's 100 Now I'm at 1350 but now I've got food. So you, you, by that time, you're done. Yeah, you're going to just totally I mean, by that time, you're like, and... well, I'm stepping on the first tee, and I'm already $1,500 down. Yeah. Now the winning prize is maybe, let's say, five grand. Yeah. Oh, that looks good now because now it can be in green. Yeah. You can't think about it that way. Mm-hmm. you got to just... You, you got to pay the entry fee you got to pay what it needs to do and you got to let the golf take care of itself yeah and I think there's a lot of uh, professionals out there that when they did start at the beginning it's hard not to think like that mm-hmm. but after you've been it for a year now like you know what's at stake and like you just accept it and like you just got to play golf the golf course didn't change because there's a $10,000 prize money out there it's just all the same yeah 100% yeah and so I guess just to wrap up we can get more further into the, the college or the professional aspect, but um, like you said, you never won in college, but you were always on the on the door, knocking on the door. Um, how would you would you how would you say like you enjoyed your college experience overall? As far oh, as, I loved it, man. I yeah. love college. I mean, you know, everybody's like college is the the best time of your life. Everybody's like, oh, I got to enjoy high school. I got to do this. I talked to maybe one person in high school. <laughs> one. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm 26 now. I might talk to one, one or two people from high school. Yeah. You know, so I think college was, and I spent five years because I redshirted. I think it was maybe the the best five years of my life 
maybe not golf wise because I never really broke through as the as the golfer that I wanted to. Right. But I think as a person with stuff, the adversity that you have to come over, you know, the people that you meet, the teammates that you get to bond with, the traveling that you get to do, you take like you, Doug, you said, you take for granted some of the small things yep. that you don't appreciate. Yeah, like playing golf every day. I I dreaded it because. I was just so over golf, but now I look back at I'm like, I just I wish I could go back, go to class in the morning and then just play golf every day from now mm-hmm. and not have to worry about any other stuff. Oh yeah, and that was really funny. That just made me think of a conversation conversation I had with with Barry, um, the assistant, uh, last February. Like last February, like the first practice we had, um, I we we had it at Manor at Elizabeth Manor, and I don't know if you oh, know, but they, they, they totally redid it. Um, they dumped a bunch of money into it. It's Good. it's beautiful. Good. And um, it was sunny day. It was maybe 59, 60 degrees, like pretty nice February day, not too much wind. And I had like maybe shorts and a pullover on. I was I was walking up to the range. And I was like, man, like this is the life. And I was like, Barry, like I, so I'm just like, if I never appreciate it again, like I'm just going to sit here and like appreciate it for five minutes. And he was like, he was like, well, most people, it's too late by the time they realize mm-hmm. that and that week was the last week I played and I because I, I found out and you had an MRI and I need to have surgery and pretty much ended my college career for both my hips and that one week I the, I just was like you know what and I never played so bad but I enjoyed it I enjoyed it like I, I legitimately like enjoyed it and I don't know what made me think of that but all of a sudden I was just like man I'm yeah. just gonna appreciate this and he's like well most people you know it's they don't realize it until it's too late and I realized it with one week, but I didn't know that was my last week. I thought I had two more years left, but yeah, I mean that was the same as me when I was a junior, and I was getting towards the end of like I'm not turning pro. I don't really think uh, golf is going to be my future now. I that's when I started appreciating more and playing well, just because my I guess care factor was less sure. about golf. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean. Um... Well, that's great, though. I mean, we, we enjoyed the year we got to spend with you and yeah. Yeah, all the stuff that, you know, I mean, life is life. Crazy stuff happens to all of us. I mean, um, no one's ever in the same situation. No. You no, know, we might have similar things that happen to us, Yeah, but no one ever deals with it the same way. Yeah. Because, so. like, we were all at the same school, but each of us had a different journey how we got there. And mm-hmm. Could not have had any more different of a journey. Yeah. Else, to be honest. 100%. I think it was yeah. probably that we had, like, the most diverse team. We did. And it was so fun, though, as well. Like, you get, <laughs> like Doug was saying, you get, you get so many people from everywhere around the world, and you start to pick up some different things that you were not, you right. don't know. Yeah. And that's what, yeah. that's the fun part about college. And that's what I enjoyed so much. You know, yes, the golf, you get to travel and, to these fancy places you stay in nice hotels you you can be in for conference you can be in texas at 14 yards left and yeah. you can be in arkansas 14 yards right <laughs> that's true so you could be in two states at once and you know your hotels in texas and the golf course is in arkansas and then you travel to palm springs and you travel to arizona and you go down to you know there was it was a different city every time yeah. not even our home tournament was in virginia Right, I know. That's so, crazy. Or yeah. if you're Calvin, you could be in the golf course in Texas, or, in the, or you could be at the hotel in Texas, and you'd be at the gas station in Arkansas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you could be back at the hotel in Texas. That kid yeah. loved his gas stations. <laughs> well, I, I would say I spent more money in 7-Eleven than I did at ODU. <laughs> yeah, and I guess um, what we're getting at is that, like, and this is at any level. That's the crazy yeah. thing is that even if you go to a D2 or D3 or a junior college or any college is that you're going to experience the travel 
and the friendships you make and just any golf courses around it's not just at that d1 level it's it's at every level which i find amazing because if you're not the best golfer you don't have to go to the d1 level you can go to a lower level and you can just play and enjoy your time like what um jake and liam they play club golf and they're loving it yeah definitely doesn't have to always be serious no. no, I mean whether it's and and this is a, a, a like a lesson for for younger people that will listen and and take whatever they need to take from this from this podcast or just you know if they're ever you know looking for advice they know where to look you always got to just be so open to ask people you can't be so closed off or just in case what if he doesn't want to help me and what if he thinks I'm weird for asking we all were in the same position at one time I mean yeah that's why we started this to help any listeners out there like like you're sharing your story someone might pick up a lesson that you learned yeah maybe the hard way that they might uh, I guess apply to their life and make something good out of it yeah so what would you say from your college experience if you were to tell someone in high school that you know they want to play college golf what would you tell them I know we talked earlier maybe about playing and stuff like that maybe along those lines more yeah so I mean it's, it's also so great because I work I work for a junior academy up here in Orlando um, Mike Bender Golf Academy and obviously Mike Bender is one of the top you know top three top five teachers for the past 15-20 years so it's it's that name is so big for and sure we have a, a junior academy f- to have kids anywhere from 13 to about 18 so we what yeah. we do is we try and get them ready to go to college mm-hmm. you know so we train every single day and we have programs for them and we have fitness coaches mental coaches and I think for somebody who doesn't have the opportunity to go to a a program like that maybe just understand what it takes you have to have you know those people around you you have to ask questions you have to have the ability to learn from other people so like like Mike said the question was like what could I give juniors yeah just any sort of advice or anything go play man it's it, it's just so important to just play golf you know you get so caught up in and I think we discussed this at dinner, you know, you, you get so caught up in, oh, I have to go D1 and I have to be big and I got to, you know, my Instagram and my social media has to yes. show that I go yeah. to yeah. a big school and I, I just, signed with a good school. It's a status thing. A hundred percent. And it's, and it's so far from the, from the, I wouldn't say the correct way, but it's, it's that it's, it's bad advice. Yeah. It really yeah. is. Cause if you are not. And yes, there's golfers out there that are just studs. I mean, you look at the Jordan Spieths of the world. You look at the Matt, Wolf. the Matt Wolfs of the world. You look at, as far as maybe Tiger Woods. Tiger spent two years in college. He True. didn't He didn't finish college. Yeah. But he knew where he was going. You know, mm-hmm. he, his dad said he had to go to Stanford. So he went to Stanford. Yeah. Tiger was never going to stay in college. Jordan spent two years at Texas. You know, mm-hmm. Matt Wolf. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. You know, so those are big boy schools, but you look at some guys that maybe didn't go to those big boy schools. You might look at a couple D2 kids that, that came out the ranks and just absolutely tore it up in D2. Yeah. Now they're on tour. I mean, one that comes to mind, just because I, I have his hat and I freaking love it, JT Poston. Oh, yeah. I believe he went to Western Carolina. Small school. Yeah. Well, not a small school, but... Right. Division one, but um, not highly ranked. Or... Yeah, so smaller, but... What he, what he had was the ability to play seven days a week, travel with a team, 
be able to play tournaments in different like we did like we enjoy it play yeah play tournaments in different yeah. cities different states every single week because that's the only way to improve by experience and you just... oh yeah nobody wants to go to a college and maybe sit on the sideline and watch no. you know no no quarterback wants to go and sit behind the starting qb stud that's going to go to the nfl yeah and sit there and go well i'm not learning anything i would rather have gone to a a smaller school it doesn't yeah. matter when it's nai or division three division Juco. two juco yeah. i mean doug you went to juco and look yeah. where you ended up yeah. you, you you played really well in juco and you made it up to a d1 yeah it's possible you know nobody because i didn't know to. the status thing no exactly <laughs> you didn't care you just I, picked what was best for you I, I picked what was best for me i didn't even take a visa or anything i just yeah. looked online and i was it. and i know a lot of kids uh, get caught up in that status i have to play d1 whatever but you gotta sign the little paper at the yeah, school with the picture like i i didn't i didn't do any of that and i know i did it in my lo- in my living room yeah, yeah. i signed for a d2 school in my living room i didn't have the big press where there's no you know where you get to like football you get to choose a hat and there's five or six options and <laughs> yeah. you, you pick you pick florida because oh you want to go to florida gosh. but everybody thought you were going to go to alabama right and then no. you take off the hat and open up the shirt and, it's and then like, you oh, then you go to clemson and, all, and then you take that off and you're going <laughs> to western kentucky because that's yeah. the best place for you yeah, yeah but the biggest thing we're trying to get at is like you have to go somewhere where you're going to play all four years all four years years. whether it be yeah you got you you got to put yourself in a position to be able to travel every single week and succeed yeah and but you're not going to succeed unless you're doing that you go Mm. into a school where you're going to travel every single week you're going to be the top five on the team whether there's 20 guys on the team or five guys on the team you still get to go and you still get to play you get to test your game against other people and the golf course because at the end like if you do want to turn pro when you go play pro, they don't look at where you played. Like, oh, no. this guy played D one. Oh, he's in this tournament. No, like, yeah. you're it's, pro, if you're, you're pro. good, you're good, and that's it. That's how it. That's how it works. And I guess, I mean, you've experienced it. Like, yeah. like, how many people do you play uh, professional golf with that play D one or at the different level, and they're all like good now? I mean, there's multiple. I mean, I have got. I play with guys that have played at, let's say, University of Florida. I mean, I have good friends that went there. Right. Mm-hmm. Some of them are winning on the European Tour right now. Some of them are still chasing the mini tours like I am. So yeah. you don't necessarily have to be this next best thing in D1. Mm-hmm. You know, you just have to be able to put play. your game to the test and play for four years and get a degree. Now, for kids that are chasing, you know, big D1 schools because they have a good program for business or yeah. med school yeah. or something that's like, fine sure. too go and do yeah. that academics do that a hundred percent yeah right. you know you're in college for what to get your degree so that when you're out of college you have a backup plan yeah. you know you never know what's going to happen in this world whether yep. it be covid whether it be you have an injury like mike has you know i had a really bad injury as well it yeah, put we'll, me out for 11 months we'll get to that in a little yeah so mm-hmm. you or just you just yeah. never know there was a there was a time that i was quitting golf and you mm-hmm. never know what's going to happen. If I didn't have my degree behind me and I didn't stay in school for four or five years and get my degree from a good school, the golf would have meant nothing. Yeah, no, so definitely. 100%. Go and play for four years, have a good time, meet new people, get your degree, and just give yourself the best opportunity to, to be on the tour one day if that's what you really want to do. Yep, and then if you don't want to do that, don't stress about yeah. it. Yeah, that's a really important thing too. It's like if, if you don't want to play professionally or maybe you play in college and then you decide it's not, you know, it's not what you want to pursue, like that's not your identity. Like there's yeah. there's plenty of things No one's going to judge you because of what you've been through. 
No. It's you just do it the best that you can and you deal with whatever's going to happen in the future. Nobody can predict the future. No. You yeah. do what you can today and you set up your future with that. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that's that's phenomenal, actionable, practical advice as well yeah. for, for any juniors listening. Um, yeah. I know I spoke about it a little bit and Doug and I, you know, in an earlier podcast, but um, yeah, playing is, is crucial. And playing is the fun part too. It's, it's oh, no yeah. fun. It's no fun sitting at home. It's fun trying to couch. Yeah, it's no me. fun sitting at home or practicing while everyone's gone or sitting there watching golf stat, watching everyone play. Like it's it's no fun. It's painful. I've it done is. it. Everybody's yeah. done it. We've yeah. all done it. You know, it, feel, it, it feels like you're not a part of the team, no, pretty yeah. much. That yeah, traveling like, squad. Like Mike said it. It's not, and even like that traveling squad. But if you your score drops all two or three rounds, yeah, that doesn't really count either. No, I mean that only counts four scores. So you might have you might be the traveling five, right? And you might have a really bad tournament, and yeah. you're now on the bubble, where you got to go. Well, am I going to play next week? Yeah. Now you right. might be. You got to make use that as motivation to go. You know what? I can if I can do what I have to do. Now, no tournament's guaranteed because all three of us could be in college right now and sit out because there's five other guys that beat us in qualifying. Mm -hmm. Now, what happens if all three of us are sitting at home one tournament and they've gone off and played and we're sitting there doing nothing? Now, what if they have a really good tournament? You think that lineup's going to change? No. No. So that that same five is going to go the next week. So now we're sitting again working our butts off to try and get into that qualifying squad where we don't have the opportunity because... You know, you've lost now two weeks of, of tournaments and you, yeah. you only get, what, four or five tournaments a semester? Yeah. So you've just at lost most. two right there at most. I mean, the spring season, you might get a yeah, little bit more. Sure. But, you know, you're not guaranteed a postseason. Mm-mm. you got no. conference and then your your road might end. If you miss three tournaments in the spring, you might make it a conference and then you're kind of done. Yeah, so, definitely. For sure. I think that's, that's phenomenal. Failure um, is motivation to me. Yeah. No, no I think good. anyone who's going to play at that professional level they're not immune to mm-hmm. and I feel like that's anything life you're not immune to anything bad happening I mean any a phone call could change your day change your your life really I mean nothing's nothing's guaranteed but yeah um, I think that's great Mike and you know you finished you wrapped up college you got your degree mm-hmm. and um, you playing know. professionally right now and you want to just talk about like what's coming up for your future in the next year the summer break yes well, we, can, we can we can go we'll get that i guess in a sec we can chat about his injury and the accident and stuff like that because i know you had a lot of yeah there was, straight there out was of college, quite of right? adversity straight out of college yeah, yeah. so i graduated in, in 2019 and um i had a little bit of a tough time my spring semester i wasn't playing and um so i put all my eggs in that in that academic box you know, so I, I just focus on academics, try to get my degree done. And I didn't really have the motivation to play off the college. You know, mm-hmm. I was just like, I got to finish that degree and I got to move down to Orlando and um, try and find a job and, and play on the side recreationally and just for fun. And then um, I got a job at a, at a junior academy and yeah, I fell in love with golf again. And I turned pro in, in October of 2019. And then I, I played really well. You know, I came off a good, good fall semester in, college, in my senior year. And then just played really well. I um, I put some really good scores together. I won a, a one-day event, which mm-hmm. it's not huge, but any any kind of event is an event. Yeah, like we said, it's the experience. It's an experience, you know. To shoot, let's say you shoot seventy-two and you win, and you shoot sixty-six and win. It it's a win. Yeah. yeah. You know, there is no comments on your scorecard. You make a six, you make a six. 
Whether no it's pictures. a par six or a par four. Yeah, it's a six. There's no pictures on the score. No, so I might hit score. it 400 yards offline, but then somehow make a par, and I go, okay, cool, guys, I made par. Thanks for coming. And yeah. I'm going to hit it down the middle of the fairway and pump it on the green and two on a par five and three putt, and he makes par two. Yeah. So yeah. that was a big learning curve, just getting over, you know, that first hurdle in, in, in professional golf where you, you stop worrying about the stuff that you're trying to do and the money involved and the traveling involved, and you kind of just enjoy golf for what it is. You go out there, you have a good time, you post a score, and if it's good enough, it's good enough. Yeah. yeah. You know, whether it's on the PGA Tour, you might miss 15 cuts in a row your rookie season and then just turn it on and then... Win you know, one event. Win one it, event yeah. and then you've got your card. You know, that's all it takes, really. So, right. you know, transition to pro golf has been has been fun. And then, okay. obviously, the COVID, I, COVID-19 kind of stunned a little bit of progress there where, you know, we had, you know, we had Q School coming up and for Corn Ferry and Mackenzie Tour up in Canada. And because of COVID, they, they didn't hold, they didn't hold that, that, that 19, you know, the 20 year. Mm-hmm. When was COVID? March 2020? Uh, March 2020, yeah. yeah. Why do they call it COVID-19 if it was COVID-20? Well, I think it was, it was first discovered, I think, in China. And well, now we're in COVID-2022 yeah, is where we're at. No, we're still, yeah, we're still dealing with it. Yeah. But yeah, so that kind of dampened a little bit of progress where, you know, you got to take... You're looking forward to March McKenzie tour Q school and now that doesn't happen. And then you're looking forward to Dakota's tour in the summer up in mm-hmm. South Dakota. And that doesn't happen because they don't have it. It's COVID. Then you're looking forward to Corn Ferry Q school and they don't have that. So now you've lost a year of Q schools. Yeah. And now, now what do you do? Now you just kind of grind and you play these small mini tours here in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of still chase the dream as much as you can. Just put your head down. Yeah, you put your head down and you go. But yeah, I'm, I'm still in the same boat. Um, mm. I had a pretty bad accident in October 2021. No, that's a lie. Sorry, 2020, right? 2020. Wow, it's been that long. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, so I had, a, I had a bad accident, boating accident, where I lost my left thumb. On your birthday, right? Yeah, it was on my birthday. Well, that's so, a crappy birthday present. Yeah, it was a, you know, it was a little bit hard to take in the beginning. But yeah, so I lost my left thumb in a horrific wakeboarding accident. Just, Which is crucial for golf. Like the way I you would say losing left thumb as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. which is right-handed first <laughs> first hand on the club. It, it's tough. Yeah, and um, that happened on October twenty fifth, twenty twenty, and I didn't have the surgery. Well, I had the surgery. I spent seven days in hospital there, um, just trying to limit the damage. Mm-hmm. At that point, you know, I had severed arteries, I had severed ligaments, uh, nerve damage. So there was a lot of stuff that was going wrong, um, and I never thought I'd pick a club up never thought yeah. about it ever when you, you don't have a thumb yeah you can play again but Not my, my main goal yeah. was to play professional golf again yeah. you know mm-hmm. make we all have the same goal of playing on the big the big stage you sure. all want to be on TV and signing autographs and stuff and I never thought after that day I'd ever do it again yeah so I had yeah so you truly thought after you, it happened oh, you were I was like done. I'm done I was done mentally I checked out and then um, my doctors you know Brian White and Orlando hand surgery they I cannot stress enough what, how hard it is to deal with something like that as a doctor. Yeah. Let alone as like something that happened to you. Yeah. But there was there was times where he was talking to me and he was like, Mike, this this could not work. Like you know, we're gonna take your left toe and put it on your hand, and I'm looking at it and I'm going, how is this gonna work? Yeah. So I'm gonna <laughs> you telling me I've I've lost a thumb now I'm gonna lose a toe as well. Yeah. So. 
anyway, we, we two months of deliberation between him, plastic surgeons, trying to figure out if we were going to go prosthetics, you know, try and get something just to right. make let shift, me yeah. make shift, whether it be silicone, whether it be somebody else's, you know, I had great people around. My mom offered her thumb. <laughs> my dad offered his thumb. Um, my dad's thumb was a little bit bigger, so it was kind of leaning towards my mom. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> So yeah, and then we ended up just talking and, you know, we said that the best option for me to be able to play again was take my left toe and bang it on my hand and see if that works. And is it the, is it the second to the Second toe, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we were going to do the big toe, but just because of balance wise and being able to walk, I think without a big toe, I'd, I'd fall over <laughs> yeah. all the time. It'd be an, it'll be a change. So the function wise between the big and the second toe wasn't that different. Yeah, okay. You know, so it would still be, I don't have full function. I probably have as best as 70% of normal function of what, if I had a thumb. Okay. Um, but it, it yeah, so I had this. Better than nothing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, had, I had a little, I had a stub. That's all I had. I had nothing. I mean, yeah. I had four fingers on one, on one hand and then I just had just rock bottom right by the ligament. I had nothing. So I couldn't even grab a pen. Yeah, couldn't like, even grab a glass yeah everything i was using my inside of my bicep just to kind of pick things up uh-huh. so it was That's that crazy. it was that tough and then had the surgery in january 16th of 2021 and just <laughs> walk into the to the operating room that day and then i said to the doctor listen is this gonna work and a plastic surgeon's there and his whole team's there and he goes well we've done it four other times Wow. And I've seen it done four other times. That's crazy. And it's failed three out of the four times. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so I'm sitting there in right. my head, I'm going, I've got a 25% chance <laughs> that this will not work. And if it didn't work, like it would, would they be able to like, not attach it or they would attach it and it just would have no function? So yeah, so there was, there was two or three options. They, okay. could, they could attach it and not work. They could take my toe off and it'll die. Bef- the toe would stop working and die before they'd be able to attach it. So then you're and then, so then I'm <laughs> have to, now I have to... no now I have no toe and no thumb because <laughs> yeah. the toe's di- toe's dead. And then I gave them permission to say if the toe dies, take another one. Take it off my right foot. Wow. So I mean if it all if you know stuff hits the fan, <laughs> I could have been down toes. I could have been down four or five <laughs> <Yeah>. times. <laughs> but luckily Damn. luckily my doctors were absolutely fantastic. I mean we laugh at it now because you came out of surgery successful. Yeah. I mean that's imagine if it now. Yeah, I, I don't I can't even imagine if it didn't go well. Yeah. You know, I just That'd don't know. And I was out for well starting October twenty fifth, twenty twenty, I was out. I didn't touch a club. I mean I swung and chipped one hand with my right hand. But I didn't do anything. The first two-handed swing I had was probably August thirteenth of twenty twenty-one, so it was a good ten months. Wow, of That's not yeah, just, of, of not doing know, anything. That's a lot. A you know, time. just yeah. I would I would go to work, and I would sit there, yeah. and I would kind of do nothing because I couldn't practice, I couldn't do anything, I couldn't touch a club, and that pained me. So I thought about quitting. You know, haven't we all? Yeah, haven't we yeah, all? So Everyone's we've all, we've all thought about it. For different reasons, but... <laughs> we've all thought about it, and that's, that's and I guess that's the mental battle like we were talking about earlier. And you just kind of have yeah. to get over whatever you... The demons you have in your head, you got to just go, you know what, this has all happened for some sort of reason. Mm-hmm. Whether it be to help me in golf, whether it be making me realize this is maybe not for me. There's lessons in life that, that you know, you got injured. Oh, yeah. 
So you yeah. know what you you know what you went through. You may never play golf again competitively, but yeah, it may a... it may bring you to a different stage in your life where you get to enjoy the game a little bit more. You get to respect right. the yeah. game a little bit more. Yeah. There was a couple of times where the world was telling Mike that golf is was <laughs> not for him. <laughs> multiple, that, multiple times. <laughs> multiple times. Yeah. We're here now. And we're still playing golf for fun. Yeah. And that's the main thing. But I think even if you're playing pro golf, even if it's not competitive i think oh, yeah. even if it's competitive whether it's not it's still fun oh. you have to be you have to have fun it, yeah, it's impossible yeah. to go go to a golf tournament whether it be augusta national or mm-hmm. lambert's point yeah in nowhere no norfolk virginia yeah. yeah it doesn't matter where it is you know you you see a ball it's on the tee and you smack it yeah and you go and find that sucker and you yeah. figure out how it is and you go and smack it again yeah and you try and do that as least amount of time as possible. <laughs> yeah, that's golf. So much. yeah, wow. and so you had rehab with long your f- time, long time for a long time. Yeah, so I had rehab for probably five or six months, um, just trying to learn how to pick up like a pen. Yeah, mm-hmm. trying to get some sort of, and maybe even like push buttons. In a oh, way there was like, there was things that I couldn't like in the beginning. Well, before I even took casts off and realized that the thumb was good, I mean, there was a good probably two months in there where if I just knocked it against my, my leg or knocked it against a, a table, yeah, I could have broken really? something in there. I could have wow. torn. I mean, the stitches that they used to, to stitch the ligaments and the nerves were a quarter of an inch of the size of your hair. Now, you think how, how small a strand of hair is, and now you think in a quarter of that. Wow. So if I just touch something, one of those stitches can break. Right. And yeah. now I've got internal bleeding. My tendons don't work. My nerves might go. So there was two or three months where I was doing nothing. And I had a foot that was in a cost because yeah. I had no toe. So, so, so just with the, the surgery succeeding, it sounds like it was extremely slim chance. Like we're talking. You know, yeah, like 25%. Yeah. And then take on top of like, then you're talking about playing golf again. That's like probably 1% chance it, at that it, point. In, in the beginning, it wasn't about golf. Yeah. It yeah. was about just getting a functional hand, hand yeah. getting to pick up a glass and maybe be able to open a doorknob, maybe pick up my phone. I mean, there was times where I had to pick up my phone with my pinky and my ring finger. Yeah. Because the first two fingers on my left hand were just also dead. Yeah. There were trauma. There were trauma. So there was a lot of stuff where I had to relearn how to use my hands. Wow. And um, the first day I picked up a golf club and was able to, I got clear to putt. It may have been when I was three again. Like that was the feeling. Yeah. Where I I picked up a golf club for the first time and I just started all again. And I guess that's the lesson that we learn. You know, things can kick us up the butt and make us appreciate the something just a little bit more. And the first time you pick up a club after, geez, 10, 11 months out it's you learning the same thing all over again you just you've I've done it for 23 years and i feel like i've picked it up again for the first time yeah you just constantly just like i don't i don't remember out. what it feels like to have a thumb yeah like i that's... could go back to the 24th of october or even the 25th in the morning like i cannot picture any time that was back then before the accident how i swung a club how i picked up a glass how i did anything i couldn't remember yeah wow that's i can't remember crazy. anything how much I probably you take your hands for granted, right? There. Yeah, I don't, I don't even think, think about it. You no, don't think no one thinks about it just because it's just there. Assume, and yeah, one day it could just be gone, and then you got to rethink it. That's it's a good birthday present too. Yeah, yeah. What it, I didn't get one as well. <laughs> I got a nice day on the boat. Yeah, but yeah. I had a few cocktails. <laughs> Maybe that's why I lost my thumb. 
Did it, if you don't mind me asking, was it like in the tow rope, I'm assuming? Yeah, so the boat had been pulling me behind it and I went down. Rope got caught around my left arm, mm. like my left forearm. And then, well, this is what I think. I, I cannot, sure, it, yeah. it all happened, yeah, it all so happened in a split second. And I guess it got caught around my hand because I have a video. It's so funny. I have a video on my phone where I can actually, my sister was on the boat with me and she was videoing the exact time I went down and you can actually see like I don't know who's listening to this but you can actually see the actual accident happen and the toe the, my, my, my thumb flying off wow so we're thinking I went down and my rope got caught around and it slipped off my hand and popped my thumb off okay. and you can actually see it in the in the video and that's something we're not going to yeah. show yeah. we're not going to show that I have that. Uh, contemplating deleting that video <laughs> yeah. but yeah so there's I can't watch really? I can't watch a lot of things that happened it's just I can imagine so, so from yeah. this injury, like, so you said you're done with golf in your head. You're like, oh, I, I was, can't play golf. This I was is done it. for the first six, six months after the accident. So I didn't, I didn't start coming right probably until I could putt. And then and I what, started putting in what, June. What changed? What made you come back to golf and like, I'm going to play again? It's all I had. Yeah. Not, not all I had going for me. Yeah. You know, I could do other things in my life. I could do it. I could do whatever I wanted to, you know, the sky's the limit with that kind of thing in life. Yeah. But there was, this is all I've known. This is all I wanted to do since Mm -hmm. I was four, five, six years old. So when you have that motivation and you look back and you go, what would my six year old self say to me right now? You kind of take life a different perspective and you go, you know, it's too easy to give up. It's way too easy to say I'm done. You know, yes, stuff in life might depict your life where it goes you are not going to do this anymore Mm -hmm. right but there was that once everything was out of you know i was in the clear i could practice again i was fully all in i'm going to try and do this again if i do it for a year and it doesn't work so be it at least i gave it a try yeah yeah then you you told us earlier you had to not relearn your swing but like adapt to like how you held the club yeah yeah so the swing the swing doesn't change very much like mm-hmm. we talked about earlier you can't change your swing very much yeah, now yeah. 11 months off is a long time true when you take two weeks of golf you feel like you're a monkey swinging a banana yeah. you have no idea where the club is you've got <laughs> no idea where your body's going but 11 yeah. months is enough time for you just to kind of forget everything so it, it's yeah. it's honestly it was a good it was a good starting point where i could just start again yeah you know my swing didn't change yes i was a lot a lot shorter Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had no strength. Yeah, you know, I had zero, yeah, zero you, movement in the hand and the root and the thumb. Yeah, so you, there was a learning curve. Mentally, were you ever scared about like swinging too hard oh, yeah. and just re-injuring? Oh yeah, and that's why I, I, it's it's so funny because my doctor said from the time I had the surgery, which was January sixteenth, twenty twenty. Yeah, it would be probably twelve to fifteen months before I can hit the ball properly again. And I looked at him and I said, I don't have 12 to 15 months. Yeah. I guarantee I'll do it in eight. <laughs> so I said, I'll do it in half the time. And he said, you'll never do it. Yeah. And I said, you don't know me. <laughs> so I did everything that I had to do. I listened to everything. And I never touched a club unless he said I could. Right. Yeah. And every single time I went in, I, went, I saw him twice a week for eight months. Wow. And I, every time I went in, he's like, wow this is actually progressing a lot quicker than we thought. Mm-hmm. And then when May came, he was like, all right, well, this is six months since the accident or June. He said, okay, you can start putting. I thought you would start putting after a year. Held the club, started putting, felt great. Wow. I said, okay, 
four weeks later, I went in middle of July, right. and he said, "Wow, you might you might be able to start chipping," because it yeah. was it was all just a matter of does my toe bone and my my thumb that was broken the bones fused together properly, mm-hmm. and the tendons and the nerves and the ligaments yeah. and yeah. the veins, everything kind of gels together, and I've always been lucky enough to just heal really quickly mm-hmm. you know tear a hamstring usually after six weeks i did mm-hmm. in three or four it's just my body i yeah. don't know what it is um so i was lucky i was lucky there yeah. i had to yeah. I, I got to come back a little bit early and yes like you said Doug, there was that that stage in wow if i do swing this too hard maybe i might hurt it again maybe i come a little too steep and i grab a divot a little I just, too hard i just know like with yeah. people with who tear their acls they're kind of scared oh, to yeah. like Make a run, make a, make a move because it's already torn. It's just back together. Dude, that. even with mine, and mine is like glued in there and sewn up. And I can't, I'm at the point where I can't really do any further injury where, unless, yeah. you know, something traumatic, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I mean, any sort of normal motion, I can't really injure it. But, and even I was terrified to swing and like rotate and turn and like even just squat, like fully just, you know, yeah. really. It's, in in your, like, it's just in your head. Yeah, you're tentative. Of, I was tentative yeah. for, for weeks. I'm still, I'm, I think I'm still yeah. tentative. Yeah. Me too. I honestly. think even after my year anniversary for the surgery was last week and I'm still really scared to hit it by a tree and there'd be a root. Yeah. Yep. And 100%. so anytime I'm playing that's not competitive and I'm anywhere near a tree, I will just pull it away from the tree, get away from a root and just kind of do that. And I've had so many times in tournaments where I'm, right by root <laughs> and I go you know what the old Michael would have just said yeah. screw it let's just, yeah. let's just try and carve oh, yeah. let's, let's hit that 40 yard slice around the tree and miss it but no now I'm I'm taking yeah. a on and I'm pitching yeah. it out sideways into the fairway mm-hmm. and I'll take a bogey and go <laughs> perfect I've got a thumb and you know what that pitching out make bogey oh it's probably <laughs> better than even even, yeah. if, if, even if you were healthy you probably do that more times than not yeah. and you're probably better off yeah, that's, yeah i've made way too many silly mistakes trying to be a hero yeah yeah and then you, would you say are you back to 100 percent swinging like or you're still holding off a little bit no i can go as hard as i want okay um, that's good now before the accident i could swing speed was obviously a lot quicker i could yeah. get it up to 129 miles an hour now if i swing it out of my shoes I may, I may only touch 124 yeah which is still plenty of speed I still I probably sit at like 115 117 now a lot of people don't understand that yeah. but you know PJ to averages are probably 113 114 yeah so, so I'm good. still I'm still in the curve of being able to hit it yeah 300 yards plus mm-hmm. without having to be scared of going hard at it yeah that's that's good and so I can I can basically do anything I want to do now the feel is not quite there I had to relearn how to shape shots yeah be able to control the ball control the face control the club i'm sure chipping and pitching like oh yeah field, so that's that's always shots. been the toughest part i used to be a really really good around the green now it's there's shots that you just don't have the feel enough to mm-hmm. put it off so you always get a little scared yeah. and you hit a hit one that you're comfortable with but that's just working through it do you ever have to like take days off like does your thumb get sore like do you feel it like yeah because i know with mike he said his hips get sore after he plays golf oh, yeah yeah i mean after like 15 holes or so i'm like mm. yeah when i play tournaments so i just play recreational rounds i'll probably get to like you said 15th hole and i can feel it yeah. i mean yeah. the stamina oh, and the fatigue yet. definitely big time pops in you know i can't i used to be able to wake up in the morning at seven 
you know, work out, practice from, holes. Pra- practice from eight until six yeah. Yeah. and just pound balls. Right. So now you can't pound now balls. Now I can't yeah. just pound balls anymore. Now it's all strategic. You know, I've got to work on this for an hour, that for an hour, that for an hour, that for an hour, you know, four hours a day. I, that's perfect for me. Now that's all I can do. So I've learned how to use my time yeah. a little which, bit better than is, just standing there on the range. Which, which is probably goals. better, honestly. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've, I've, I've developed more as a, as a practice player. Because in the past, I would just, yeah. I'd play 18 holes and then go pound balls. Yeah. No, I was like that too. I would just go out there, hit as many balls as you can with no purpose behind it. Oh, and yeah. It, it got me nowhere. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> yeah, just, and then you may as well just not do it at all. You may as well take the day off. And You're actually getting worse by sitting there pounding oh, balls yeah. for like You start hours. getting in your own head and you go, why is this thing hooking 30 yards? Well, let me hit a 30-yard slice. Okay, well, now you've got a two-way 60-yard shot that you have no idea where it's going. So yeah. it, it definitely is a learning curve trying to figure out how to control the ball a little bit differently but i'm not where i want to be but i think just with time and you put put the work in it it, it'll get there yeah Yeah. i think so for sure so that's good so um i just wanted to ask you like what's your future schedule look like what are you doing this summer professionally any q schools any big tournaments coming up just talk about that yeah so their winter tour in florida is is some of the biggest winter tour there is um a lot of the guys from up north will come down here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mackenzie's tour hasn't started, so a lot of the guys that play on 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 Canada or, you know, Corn Ferry just started up. But there was a lot of guys over October till about now, two weeks ago, they were all down here. I mean, Corn Ferry players that were, you know, successful on Corn Ferry. That was maybe going into their rookie season or the second season. So there's a lot of mini tours, um, Florida Elite Golf Tours down in Florida, Moonlight Golf Tour, you've got Florida Pro Tour, you've got West Florida, you've got Florida Golf Coast Tour, Minor League. So there's a lot of tournaments that are available around this area. Yeah. Um, and that's just the pro life, man. You just, you pick a tournament, and you guys just drove from Sarasota. The drive's not horrible unless you hit Orlando traffic. Yeah. True. You, yeah. get, you get down there. No, you, can, you can get around, but... You get down there in two hours, and yeah. you go play a, a, a two-day in in maybe Sarasota or Tampa or just, just yeah. north of that. Right. And um, then you go travel up to Ormond Beach. You play a tournament there. Yeah. You go down to West Palm Beach, you play a tournament there. And so that's what I'm going to do for the next six months, probably yeah. till until the summer. June, I will then pack my stuff up and send it up to North Dakota, South Dakota um, and play on the Dakota store for full schedule. It's yeah. I think it's like an 18... An 18 tournament schedule you know anywhere from one days to three days okay. Purse, purses are pretty big i mean money wise you probably if you play everything you probably spend anywhere between five to eight thousand yeah you know that's without traveling sure. that's without your expenses hotels usually they give you um housing that you stay with a family which is nice yeah, that, that saves you and that's a nice thing about pro golf that a lot of people don't understand you do you do get to stay with host families which right. is which is a big big positive yeah. when you're traveling so much yeah very kind um, of them. but you have two weeks two good weeks on two or three good weeks on dakota's tour and you can pay your entry fees yeah that's, i mean I mean, you can make phenomenal. i mean there's there's guys that have played for the last two years come number one and two and they've probably made over 200 grand wow just sitting there for full 18 tournament schedule and just grinding yeah now that you give you 200 grand in your pocket now what now you do whatever you want. So there are a lot of Monday queues for Felspar. There's a couple Ali Com for Corn Ferry that I'm going to look to play in February. Um, a lot of West Florida stuff, a lot of winter tour stuff. And then I've got 
Q school. I toyed with playing PGA Tour Canada, mm-hmm. but I've played that course enough to realize that it doesn't it doesn't suit my <laughs> doesn't game. Agree with you. Yeah. So I know I know Carter's playing it in in a couple of weeks. Mission in. Yep. Um, so I'm I'm gonna come and watch him, but you know, as a pro golfer, you got to take you got to take your your wins when they come, and you got to take your losses when they come. You yeah. know, I'm I'm not gonna spend. And not just not just because I don't want to do it, and it's not a good experience. I think I, I just don't want to spend three thousand dollars and go into the week going. I know that there is something going to hold me back this week, and it may be the course, it may be a mental thing, it may be just yeah. both. Like you said, there's like on the Dakota tour, you said there's eighteen tournaments. Doesn't mean you have to play each one. No, you, you don't can have, pick and choose. Yeah, I could go up there for three weeks, play four or five good ones, and then yeah. come back down to Florida for two or yeah. three weeks, and then yeah. go back up there. So it's not it's not like a massive tour where you you have to right. stay you have to stay there for all seven eight yeah, you know, nine sure. weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of where you have to pick and choose, and I think that's what's awesome about pro golf is because there's so much ability to create your own schedule. Yeah, yeah. In, in college, you know your schedule, you know mm-hmm. you're traveling, you and know you, you're doing it. You can't get to pick it. You no, coaches do. Yeah, you go you go to Arizona. Okay, cool. How long yeah. are we going for? Three days. Okay. Too so long. You, it's, yeah. So you traveled and then you come back and you're like, wow, that, that was quick. Yeah. At no. least with pro golf, I sit there in December and I go, okay, what is from January until December? And I put that schedule together. And I, right. I've got spreadsheets that go, okay, this is this tournament's here. It's this much to enter. You can win this. You know, this is how far it is. This is how much it's going to cost expenses-wise. And, you know, some... Some pro golfers don't have the opportunity to have people helping them do that. You know, I know Carter said a couple of weeks ago that his is all on himself. You know, it's yeah. been like that for the past two years I was a pro. I was all on my own ticket. Self-funded. Yeah. It's self-funded. Mm-hmm. You know, I've some people are lucky that they find somebody to back them. And fortunately, I have found somebody now, you know, a couple of people that are willing to take the chance on me. So you come up with a schedule and you give them the schedule and you ask for you know a certain amount of money and you create a deal with them so they yeah. they fund my tournament entries and then all the money that i make will will go back to them until you know you you pay them back what they invested yeah like i i mean i didn't i didn't know I, anything right. about pro golf and how it worked it's like what i've learned now it's that it's really expensive to play professional golf especially if you're not playing the best like it's going to be more expensive mm, yeah. and you have to get that outside uh, support, especially funding wise. And then I didn't realize like you have to make deals with people who would want to invest in you. And, and yeah. at the end, like you don't really um, take home all that prize money that goes no. back to the investors. And yeah. I, that was a big shock to me when I first heard that I was like, Oh wow. But then I was like, I can't understand now if you're getting all this money from an outside source that, you have like they're investing they want something back oh 100 now if i like we'll just take my schedule for a quick you know i'm playing from let's say january january until november mm-hmm. that's taken in q schools that's taken in open qualifiers that's you know that's playing a probably between two and three tournaments a month yeah and whether they be one day tournaments or three day tournaments or q school you're probably looking at $35,000 just for that eight months, nine months of just entry fees. So wow. you're looking at without expenses, you're talking about food. Now you don't have to go eat it, you know, Ruth Chris. Ruth Chris every single time. Yeah. But you, 
you don't have to have a steak and a lobster every single day, right? But yeah. also, you don't want to fuel your body with McDonald's, McDonald's. and Wendy's. <laughs> Unless you're Doug. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's the best thing ever. <laughs> Doug's, Doug's always been the, the fast food uh, guru. But yeah, McDonald's. you know, I just, I don't, I don't like a lot of fast food. So it no, does blame you. It does yeah. be, it, but a mini tour pro has to do what he has to do. Yeah. You yeah, know, like look, some people live in their cars. You have to sometimes. To just, because they don't you, have you just don't have $120 to, and you don't want to go stay at a, at a rinky-dink hotel that's, I mean, you leave your car outside the hotel and you might wake up tomorrow morning for your tea time and your car's not there. Yeah. So yeah. you have to plan. I mean, you're probably looking between 80 and $100, $110 every single time for a tournament hotel. Yeah. So, like, what's an advice that you would give someone who's in college that is looking to turn pro in a couple years or next year or, like, soon? Yeah. Like, what's your advice? Like, what you can, what they can do right now to help with, like, this process? Because I know if you talk to anyone, even college, you know, that, that wants to play pro and, and you could... You can find a lot of them. If, you know, you ask them, "Hey, what's your plan?" Oh, I'm going to play pro. Okay, well, do you what, know what, what it takes? What do you know about it? And they're yeah. like, oh, "I don't know. I just turn pro." Like, no, but it's it, it is it is as easy as that. Sure, you just you turn pro. You, yeah, like you said, you sign. Right. <laughs> you sign, yeah, you yeah. sign on the dots. But you're not going to get much further than that. No. <laughs> so yeah, so there's a lot of. I mean, I know a lot of guys that, like, you self fund yourself. You have parents that help you out that are generous enough to do that. Yep. Um, I've. I've never asked my parents to try and help me yeah. just because they've done en- enough for me now, putting me through schools and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I never really wanted to go that route. They are there if I've ever needed them. Yeah, but definitely. It's, so I know I know, your, I know our parents would do anything for us. Mm-hmm. So they are always there, but you don't want to put your parents in a situation. You know, so it coming out of college, the most important thing would be try and find some sort of passive income, mm-hmm. whether it be working on the side, you know, making, I don't know, $13 an hour. Sure, just... At thirteen dollars an hour, you work a week and you pay a tournament. Yeah, you know if if right. and then another one is you got to be really good at, at understanding expenses. Yeah, you know you got to jot all these things down. You got to discipline, track plan. You got to discipline like like you would be with 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 fitness. I mean, yeah. you got to calorie count sometimes, and you got to put the work in to be able to. You know, you got to test your body to see what works for you. Now, some tournaments, some work might not be good, but get something. Yeah, I drove for Uber. Yeah, I, Doug was, and I did DoorDash. I, yeah, you, you drive for Uber, you work three or four days a week, and mm-hmm. you might make you know three or four hundred bucks a week if yeah. if everything goes well. You know, you you start at seven o'clock, it's dark, you eat your dinner, you finish at midnight, done. What are you gonna do anyway? True, you know, probably not much anyway. So yeah. you you you're a mini tour pro, and you just kind of do what you have to do. So my advice would be, do some research, mm-hmm. talk to some people. Um, you know, and that's what's nice about what you guys are doing. You know, yeah. You're gonna you're gonna get people on here that are that are doing it. You know, maybe you're doing it. You're yeah, sharing us all this information yeah, that so, might that might help uh, someone who's listening. About. Yeah. So if you're in college and you're a senior and you and you don't quite know what the next step is, but you know you want to continue in golf, is do some research, reach out to people. Um, I think more you don't realize how many people are willing to help you. Oh, this is I did it. I've reached out to loads of people that. <laughs> In a million years, if I was never a golfer, they would never, they would never reach back. Sure. You take the chance. You, the same thing What's with, the worst with thing anybody. Happen? You know, I have, I, I've gone through two and a half years of being a being a pro, and I've reached out to countless amount of companies, you know, just to have a, I don't know, like a clothing sponsor. Yeah. You know, we take a clothing sponsor for instance. So mine right now is Snowman Golf. Mm-hmm. So I wear all their stuff. Yeah. So it's. It's, you look in my cupboard there's, there's, there's a bunch of 
bunch of snowman stuff there. I see it. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. It looks pretty dope. But if you don't reach out to them, you'll you'll never get it. Sure. And what is the worst thing that somebody's going to say? Leave you on no, red, not reply, yeah, yeah. and, and no. Just say, that's you email them and they, nev- and they never get your email. You can't control that. But I DM, I used to DM not so much now because I've actually, I've done well enough to secure some good, some good spots for me in clothing and, and clubs. I'm with Strixon. So I'm on full contract with Strixon. Um, you just got to take the chance. You got to ask people for some favors. Now you may not be ranked where you want to. You may not be big as they want to, but if you, if you can, if you can give them enough reason to take a chance on you, and I think yeah. that's all we need as a pro is just somebody to take a chance somebody to to help us out in a way that we didn't think was possible um so come out of college do some research figure out before you turn pro figure out what it takes figure out do i have the time and the commitment level do i have the time do i have the stability in my life to do it do i have like you said commitment yeah can you wake up at six o'clock in the morning and go until six seven o'clock in the evening and stay on a strict schedule because that's yeah. what it takes. Right. You know, you can't, gonna, you can't half, you half can't, do it. You can't yeah. half... I can't say, oh, sorry, I'm going <laughs> to... Okay, you can't half butt something because <laughs> you, you just can't do it. Nothing in life you can. No. You get a job as a nine-to-five, you, you can't just half-day it. Your yeah. boss is going to come and fight you after a week. You mm-hmm. put maximum effort. 100%. So don't be scared to reach out to people. Do some research. Do, like, do everything you can to figure out what it takes. Whether it's get a side job doing Uber... Uber Eats, DoorDash, whether it's working at your local club as an assistant pro, working in the shop, or picking range balls off the range. That's what I did all fall. Who cares? The money is the money. Whether you work at Chick-fil-A and work in the drive-in line, that place is busting right now with money. So (laughs) if that doesn't work, I might do that. (laughs) But yeah, it doesn't matter where you are. You just have to have some sort of, in the beginning, you have some sort of income to help you play these tournaments. And once you're in these tournaments... You can't think about, oh, this is going to cost X and I need to make Y to go ahead and make a profit. And if I don't do it, I'm behind. Yes, it's something we always think about. Like we spoke about earlier. You're going to think about it. It's impossible not to. I think you just have to go in there knowing you're going to lose money. Oh, you have to. But like you said earlier as well, Mike, you have to lose to be able to win. Yeah, you can't not spend money. You're not no, going to play not, in a tournament. Like, yeah, it's like stock market. You never bought Bitcoin in 2009. You're not going to make anything. Right. Yeah. So it's it's just silly. If you don't put if you don't put the work, you don't put yeah. the money if in. If you don't buy it in 2022, you're not going to... Yeah. Like, it, it, it was like last night. The receipt came for dinner and, you know, I put the car down, didn't look at it. And someone was like, oh, I didn't even look at it. I was like, well, what am I going to do? Not pay it? Like, yeah, it's today. Yeah. you got to do it. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know what we're getting into. Or you got to leave. Yeah, you, like... got, you got a Ruth Chris. You know you're in for two or three hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So you're not going to go there. You're not going to go to a restaurant and go, well, I'm not prepared to pay this, but I'm just going to do it anyway because I just, oh, you know, right. you've got, you've got, you've got to look at it. you got to look at what, what it takes, what yeah. needs to be done, commitment levels, time-wise. Can you do it? If you cannot figure out a way to do it sure yep and i think that's that's the biggest take right now is just gaining the most knowledge about what you want to do it could not be professional golf could be anything then just asking people who are doing it right now to shed some experience like mike just talking about professional golf there's some good stuff in there that i think people might use in the future yeah, I mean, I know I learned a lot about it just sitting here, you know, having this conversation tonight. Yeah. 
this afternoon and stuff. But we uh, we thank you for yeah, thank you being for sharing. A, yeah, of nice course. Host As I said, if anybody wants anything, I mean, like I said, don't be. You know, I'm. I've done it. I've been through a lot. I know what it takes. I've reached out to random people trying sure. to ask for favors, trying to ask for some advice. So if you guys ever want to try and find my social media, it's it's all there. Um, Instagram. Yeah, we, can, we can link it yeah, in so the uh, description. We'll, we'll link it in the description. It will be on our uh, Instagram at Mike and Doug Pod. It will have all his stuff there. So I don't you, do TikTok, by the way. <laughs> no, I refuse. So no, I, TikTok. I but, use everything other than TikTok. That's Facebook, fine. Instagram, Twitter. Twitter, LinkedIn, anything so, like that. If you guys want to reach out to Mike and talk about professional golf, he's happy to yeah. help you with anything. And I think no, no question's a stupid question. Exactly. Seriously, you, you whether you ask anything in the world to anybody from Warren Buffett to me, you're going to learn something maybe that you didn't know. Now you, we might give you advice that you already know, but we're not looking at we're looking at the one thing that you didn't know, or the couple of things that you needed to know that we might give you. Right. That yeah. you'll be able to take and just run with it or we can yeah. point you in the right direction or if you know know someone that knows the answer if we do yeah. too and if, so. if i don't know the answer and i know somebody who does and you reach out to me i'll go listen get all of this person and it could be as easy as i don't know a phone call it or could anything. be yeah i, I i'm a message fu- yeah i'm fully open to phone calls dms anything text me call me it doesn't matter what time it is if you need something just reach out to anybody i mean yeah. the worst thing that somebody's going to do is it's just say, unfortunately, I don't know the answer, and we'll try and find it for you. Yeah, exactly. So I've been so, around enough people to realize that yep. they're all willing to help somebody. Yep, help others. Yeah, just that pretty much. Help me it. help you. Yeah. Yep. So thanks, uh, Mike, again yeah, for your time it, and your hospitality, and we'll catch everyone on the next yep, one. That'll do it.